John chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, if you will, take them there. Thank our visitors for being with us this morning. Thank y'all. Uh, sure hope y'all enjoy church this morning. John chapter 6, we're going to take our text here from verse number 15 through verse number 21. Jesus has just fed the 5,000. Uh, he had them set down in the grass. He had his disciples pass out the bread and the fish. And uh, they ate to their full, the Bible says. They were ate, and, and when they could eat no more, uh, they gathered the fragments that remained. They loaded the 12 baskets that were left over from the five loaves and two fishes. And now that is over. And verse number 15 picks up. In Mark chapter number 14, Mark also tells the story. In Matthew, Matthew tells the story as well. In Matthew chapter 14. <coughs> and uh, But in this text, Jesus, or Mark chapter 6, he tells us as well. But in John chapter 15, he focuses in on what we want to, what I want to talk to you about this morning is the storm. Now, uh, Mark also talks about this story. John, uh, Matthew talks about this story. But as we look here in this text, we'll read these six verses, if you will. You have your Bible. Let's all stand, if you will, uh, just out of respect to reading God's Word, uh, if you can. Verse number 15, let's read together. You got your Bible. And the Bible says, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again <coughs> into a mountain <coughs> himself alone. Hey, Derek, would you would you go get me a bottle of water from next door real quick? Thank you. Thank you, sir. And when he was now come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they rowed about five to tw and twenty or thirty furloughs, they see Jesus walking on the sea. And drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I. Hallelujah. Be not afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what's going on. Thank you. Verse 21. Then they willingly received him into the ship. And immediately the ship was at the land. Whether they went. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. We ask you that you bless today. Lord, I pray that you will have your hand about me. I pray that you will soothe my throat right now. Lord, I pray that you will you help us get through today. But Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be felt. I pray that people would listen to the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, I ask if there's one in here today that doesn't know for sure about their salvation, yes. that today would be their day, or whether one's listening this morning. Yes. 
Lord, I ask you so much. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for my salvation. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for washing my, my sins away. Yes, but Lord, I plead this morning for the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Have me to say the words you want me to say. Lord, we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Y'all may be seated. Thank y'all for standing there. In verse number 15, the Bible says, When he perceived that they would take him by force. <clears throat> See, what had happened was, as we go back, we go back to John chapter 5, Jesus healed a man, and they began to pursue to kill him. In chapter number 6, he is still dealing with this as well. And in verse number 15, he believed because of what miracle he did, he didn't just feed, you know, a couple people. He fed 5,000 men. So we're talking about a pretty good-sized miracle and it affected a lot of people. So he knew that people would be talking about it in town. He knew that everybody would know about it because he fed such a great multitude. And so he needed to get out of the way. He needed because the hour wasn't come yet for him to be taken. So he moves out of the way. This is the reason why he moves and he goes... In Mark chapter number 6 and verse number 46, I, <clears throat> see the Bible, uh, let me back up, sorry. Verse number 15, he departed into a mountain alone. He went to the mountain by himself. In Mark chapter 6, it tells us the reason why he went to the mountain. In Matthew chapter 14, it also tells, he went to the mountain to pray. And when he went to the mountain to pray, he told his disciples to get on the boat and go next door. He said, get <laughs> go across the sea and enter there. He said, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to the mountain to pray. Now, what was he going to the mountain to pray for? Who was he going to the mountain to pray to? There was only one person he was going to pray to, and that was his father. He wanted to go commune with his father just as much as every person in this room. We need to have a spot. We need to have a place every day, every day mapped out where we spend some time with God. Amen. Jesus, He was God. He was the Son of God. He was, I mean, He says in, in chapter number 10, He said, I and my Father are one. Yeah. So they exist together. But still, He thought it hard enough to go to the mountain to go pray yes. to God. So every one of us, I think we ought to take note and say, look, I need to go pray every day. I need to have a spot every day. Yeah. Turn off everything. Turn off everything and go pray. Yes. You know how hard it is to pray when the TV's on? Yeah. <laughs> you know how hard it is to pray when the cell phone won't quit beeping? You know how hard it is to pray when, when, uh, when the noise is going on in the house? Yes. It's hard to pray. Yes. Jesus went to the mountain not with his 12 disciples, but himself alone. You'll see not only does he go to the mountain to pray, but also he, he sent his disciples away. He said, go over on the other side. And in verse number uh, 16, and when the even was now come, it was beginning to get dark. The sun was going down. Jesus was still in the mountain praying. In verse number 17, the disciples Quit, couldn't wait any longer, so they got into the ship. I don't know if they were waiting on Jesus to come back down the mountain or what. But they got in the mount, they got in the ship. It was dark. The Bible says in verse number 17, you say, How do you know it was dark? 
Because in verse number 17, the Bible says, And it was now dark. Yeah. It was now No, you say, well, that's, that's not hard to figure that out. No, it's not. But it was in the dark time. Yeah. It began to storm. It began to rain. It began to blow. Verse number 18, And the sea arose. What does that mean? That means the waves begin to get big. That means the, the wind began to blow. And by reason of a great wind is what caused those waves to blow. You say, well, what could cause those waves? In, in this time, in this place, the Sea of Galilee. According to geography, the Sea of Galilee encouraged big storms. <coughs> because cold winds would rush down the hills around the sea because the sea was covered by hills. And around the sea, and it would collide with that warm air. Yeah. And it would cause a great storm. See, the Sea of Galilee is about 680 feet below sea level. But they were told that they were to get in the boat and go across. They were told to go to the other side of the sea. Not to make their way all the way through the sea, but just go across the sea. But in look at verse number 19, the Bible says they have rowed five and twenty or thirty furloughs. You say, what does that mean? How long is that? These five and twenty-five or twenty-five furloughs or thirty furloughs was between uh, is about three miles. They were rowing. But because of the waves and because of the wind, it was blowing against them. They had trouble making their way to the other side of the beach. They was going from one side to the other. And they, because of the wind, because of the waves, they were trying. It pushed them. Just the other day I was watching the news and I seen a, 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 a little boat that was capsized off the shore of Florida and they had to go rescue them in the middle of that storm. But that storm was hundreds of miles away. But what do you say, preacher? I mean this. The storm was right on top of them. And the waves were crashing on their boat. And the wind was pushing against them. And when they were rowing, they weren't going anywhere. They were actually going backwards. Right, right. Now you're not talking about inexperienced men on a boat. No. These were men who understood what it took to drive a boat, yeah. to drive a boat, to sail a boat, <laughs> drive. Cars drive, right? <laughs> Row a boat. They understood. Maybe I'll get it right. Maybe I just need to go back to sleep and come up again. Huh? <laughs> but they understood what it took to do this with a boat. They understood how it worked. You say, how do, they, how do you know that? Because they were... <coughs> Before they started following Jesus, they were paid fishermen. Yeah. That's what they did for a job. They lived in a the boat. They fished for fish. That's what they were. Yeah. These were not inexperienced men. These were men who knew what it took to get that boat from one side to the other. But in verse in, in Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 24, the Bible says... 
that they were in the midst of the sea. What does that mean? That means they were going, the, the, the sea was like this, and they were going from this side to this side, and they were going this way, and the wind and the waves pushed them into the middle of the sea. Because they couldn't get to the other side. They were experienced. But look at verse number 19. The last three words. They were what? Afraid. They were scared. They didn't know what was going to take place. These were men who understood storms. Who'd been on a boat when it was storming. But they were afraid of the storm. They were afraid for their life. They were afraid that they might would drown. They were afraid that their boat might capsize because of the waves or the wind or whatever was taking place. But they knew. They were afraid. They were afraid. Now, I'm going to give you three simple thoughts as we make our way into the sermon that I believe that we can take in the middle of our storm. Yes, If there's ever been any of you, maybe you, maybe I, I've never been on a boat in the middle of a storm, but I'd be scared to death because I can't even tell if I need to sail a boat or to drive a boat, so I'd be really drunk. I would be in trouble. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't know if the sail needs to go up or down. I, I wouldn't. I'd have to Google it real quick. <laughs> when am I alone? Would you be scared in the middle of the storm? Oh, yeah. I would. But here they are in the middle of the storm. But I ask you this. I'm not talking about a boat. And I'm not talking about a sea. I'm talking about the middle of your storm of your life. Yes. I'm talking about when you don't know what's happening next. You're not for sure what's going on. You have no idea what you're going to do, and you are afraid. You ever yeah. been there? Amen. Amen. What do you do? What do you do? What did these disciples do? What did these disciples do? They were afraid. What do I do with Jesus? What is going on? Jesus, we're in the middle of the storm. Our boat's about to go under. We're taking in water. The waves are crashing in. The waves are pushing against us. The wind is pushing our sails. We're in the middle of the sea. We've rowed three miles and haven't gone anywhere. We need help. Yes, yes, yes. They were afraid. Yes. But in the middle of the storm... In the middle of the sea, in the middle of all the thoughts that they would lose their luggage and lose their food and lose their life and lose their boats, here comes Jesus walking to them. Amen. Here he comes. Hallelujah. When they don't know what else to do and they don't know what's going to happen, here comes Jesus. I'm going to tell you that if you will trust him, he'll come to you in the middle of your storm. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to lose my life. I don't know if my sail's going to bust. I don't know if my boat's going to poke a hole in it. But Jesus, I'm in the middle of my storm and I need you now. They had just seen Jesus feed 5,000 people from a bag. From a basket of food. One basket fell fed 5,000 people. You think that for a moment they were sitting there going, man, this boat's about to go under. We've sailed in the middle of this storm on a load of nuke. They knew exactly what they needed to do. Yes, yes, yes. Every person in this room, you know exactly what you need to do when you're in the middle of your storm. Yes, Lord. I don't have to tell you anything. You know exactly who you need to turn to. There's but one person who can help you in the middle of your storm. That's the Lord. Amen. That was the only person that could help them in the middle of their storm. We're in the middle of our storm. What will we do? I want to give you three thoughts. Number one, we need to remove the fear. Yes. We need to remove the fear. In verse number 19, they were afraid. Verse number 20, Jesus said, It is who? Ah. It's, the, it's the political campaign that's going to help you. No, it's the, it's the local government that's going to help you. It's your buddy down the street that's going to help you. No, Jesus looks at his disciples. They were afraid. They were about to go under. And he knew the only comfort they could have was knowing that it wasn't a ghost walking on the water and it wasn't a spirit. It was Jesus coming to help them in the middle of their storm, in the middle of the waves crashing in, in the middle of the water in the boat. Jesus said, it is I. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Don't be afraid. The first thing we need to do in the middle of our storm is we need to remove the fear yes. out of yes. our yes. life. Why? I can do all things through Trenton who strengthens me. No. I can do all things through Christ who would strengthen me. I can get across to the other side of the boat. I can make sure my boat doesn't go under because Christ is the one who strengthens me. He said, be not afraid. I am here. When Moses was in the middle of the desert and he said, well, how am I supposed to go? I don't know if I can tell Pharaoh or not. I don't know. He might, he might kick me out of there. He might kill me. He, Jesus, God said, tell him. Just, you just go down there and you tell him that I am told you to go. Hey, you're in the middle of your storm, bud. Hang on. I am is here to help you. And that's exactly what his disciples noticed. That's exactly what took place. Jesus said, hey, why are you afraid? That's right. Why are you afraid? That's right. One of his disciples said, Man, I'm gonna prove it, man. I ain't afraid of nothing. Hey man, hey, you think I'd come out there to you? Matthew 14 tells us that Peter said, Man, you watch this. Hey, you watch this, brother. 
He said, I'm going to show you what. I'm going out to Jesus. I ain't scared. All y'all need to buck up because that's the type of person Peter was. Right, right. <laughs> you see, boys, I ain't scared of nothing. That's what happened to Peter. Uh-huh. He got out there walking thinking he was something special. The Bible says when he saw the wind, uh-huh. he began to sink. Yeah. Guess what he began to do? Fear again. Yeah. He began to get afraid again. Jesus reaches his hand back up and picks him back up. Oh, you little faith, get back in that boat. <laughs> yeah. Right. See, when you're in the middle of your storm, what needs to happen is we need to remove the fear that's going on in our life. Yeah. Bible says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. I'm not supposed to be afraid. I'm not supposed to be afraid. Fear is not something that God wants us to have. But when we are in the middle of our storm, do you know what we need to do? Remove the fear. We've got to remove that fear. But I'm going to tell you there's only one way to remove that fear. It's God. And that's what Jesus told his disciples. He said, hey, stop what you're doing. Quit worrying about your boat going under. I'm here. Hey, quit worrying about your boat going under. Amen. Quit worrying about your sails quitting. Quit worrying about your rowboat not getting to the other side. Because I'm here and I'll help you. Yeah. I'll help you. So we need to remove the fear. Number two, we need to receive him. You say, what do you mean? In verse number 21, look what happens. And they what? And they willingly what? Received. Received him. Do you know that there's been times in your life when the answer was sitting right in front of you and you said, Nah. I'm waiting. I'll wait. I heard a story about a little girl, a little, a little man, a little man who was sitting on his roof. House was flooding. Boat come by. Need a rescue? He said, No, I'm waiting on a rescue boat. All right. God keeps rolling. Here comes another boat. Hey, you need a red? No, he said, I'm waiting on my rescue boat. It hadn't come yet. You know those Coast Guard's coming. Oh, okay. Pretty soon, the water got too high. He didn't have a rescue boat because two had already passed by. Right. See, what happens is God has offered us help many times, and we refuse it because it's not what the way that it looks like we ought to look. Right. Well, that's not the way the boat ought to look, so I ain't getting in there. That's not the way that I would have designed it, so I'm not trusting you there. See, what happens is in the middle of our storm, here comes Christ as the answer. Here He comes walking on the water. And do you know what they could have said? He's a spirit. Matthew 14 says that they thought that that He was a spirit. They didn't know that it was God. They didn't know it was Jesus walking across on the water. What happens is in the middle of our storm, sometimes we're like, that's not the answer I wanted, so I'll wait till I get it. Mm-hmm. You ever been there? Hey. Don't raise your hand. You ever been there? Yes. Shh. It's not what I want. I'll, I'll wait. But when Christ comes to help us in our storm, guess what we need to do? I'll take it. Mm-hmm. How are we fixing this? 
fix war. How do you want it done, Lord? No, no, no. It's not how we operate most of the time. We're like, no, that's not how I want it done. I'll fix it this way, and then you can you can handle it. <coughs> I don't believe that this was the way the disciples thought their way was going to go. You ever been there? This ain't going like I want it to. This ain't going how I thought it would. But when we're in the middle of our storm, when Christ comes for the answer, we need to take help. We need to receive Him. Yeah. We need to receive Him. Rather than saying, nope, I've got it. I'll handle it. I'll handle it all on my own. I'll handle it. Give me all your troubles. You know that song we sing, It Is Well, and uh, talking about taking our sins and nailing it to the cross. Yeah. He took our sins. Amen. Yeah. He yeah. took our burdens. Yeah. He took our sorrows. He took all of our everything that we deal with. He took our, uh, he took our upset times. He's, he took all those and, and took care of them. Right. And the reason we carry those burdens and the reason that we can't get help through those burdens because we won't accept the help that God has sent us. We won't accept the help that God wants for us in our life. <coughs> now, hand your burden to the Lord. The biggest difficult thing that I've ever had, and this is just me, maybe I'm just, maybe this is just me, but sometimes I've had a problem and give my burden to the Lord coming down to an altar and praying and asking God to take my burden and I pick it up and take it right back to my seat with me. That's right. I don't know if I'm the only one that's like that, but I feel like sometimes I do that. Yeah. But God wants to take my burden, my storm, and help me. Right. You think that for just one moment that you're in the middle of your boat, about to sink, about to go under, and God's like, nah, oh, I'll go to the next guy. If you're God's child, he's there to help you. He's there to encourage you. He's there to help you through your storm, even though it may be your 15th storm this year. Amen. Right. That's right. He's there to help you. Amen. He, he's there to help remove that fear. Right. He's help you. He's there for you to say, okay, help me in my boat. And then lastly, number three, I'm done. He <coughs> is there to do a work. The work of the Savior. He's there to remove fear. He's, he's there so we will receive him. And he's there to do a work. In verse number 21, the Bible says, They received him into the ship. And what? Immediately. What happened to the boat? The ship was at land. Weren't they in the middle of the boat? Weren't they in the middle of the sea? Weren't they in the middle of the Sea of Galilee? Yeah. Wasn't their boat about to go under? Yeah. Wasn't the sails not working? Were not the rowboats not rowing? Weren't they having trouble? But Michael says that immediately when he stepped in the boat, the boat was on the shore where they were supposed to go. Amen. When he stepped on the boat, yes, that's right. it was on the shore. Matthew 14, verse 20, 32 says, And when they were come into the ship, because Matthew tells a story of Peter walking on the water. John does not. But when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Yeah. yeah. The wind stopped. 
he got in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of the storm, there he come walking. He's come to remove our fear. He's come so that we might receive him. He's come so that he can get in our boat and make the wind stop. And get us to our destination. Yeah. That's what he has come to do. He said, I've come that you might have life. Amen. And you might have it a little bit. No, abundant one. Hallelujah. Abundant. Yes. He don't want you to suffer. Worry from day to day what's going to happen. No. He's come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Amen. He got on that boat. He immediately removed their fear. Yes. He immediately took care of the storm. You say, so what you're telling me, preacher, is that if I if I get Jesus in my boat, my storm's going to be gone? No. That's not what I'm saying. You say, is that what you just said? Yeah, the storm ceased. Yeah, it did cease for the disciples. But when you're in the middle of the storm, where's the best place to be? In God's hands. When he stepped in that boat, who had control? Who had control of the boat? Jesus. Did the disciples have control of that boat? No. Disciples have control of the rows and the and the and the and the uh, and the sails. They didn't have control anymore. No. God did. So we're in the we're, when we are in the middle of our storm, and he comes to us to help us. He wants to remove our fear. He wants us to receive him into our boat so that he will take care of our storm. Amen. His way. Yeah. God's way. And it is not always your way. Amen. God's way, the Bible tells us that God's ways are perfect. I don't know. Everybody in this room, you might be experiencing something that is something different than what my eyes experience. You may not be in the middle of a storm, but there will come a day when you are yes. in a storm. Yes. May you remember that Christ wants to remove your fear from that storm, and he wants you to receive him into that storm so that he will help you in the storm. You say, why do you want to be in the map? Why do you want to be in God's hands in the middle of the storm? I'm going to tell you why. Because he's the master of the wind. He's the master of the storm. Yes. 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 There's only one who could have pulled the plug and stopped the wind. That's right. There was only one who could take that boat that was in the middle of the sea and place it over there on the land. There was only one who could have done that. Amen. That's right. Those disciples had been going maybe a couple hours against the wind. I don't know how long they were in the middle of that storm. I don't know how long you've been in your storm. You've got to allow Christ to remove your fear, receive him in, and he'll help you take, take care of you during your storm. That's right. I want you to know this too. No storm, get this now, no storm is it insignificant to God? No. Right. 
there's not a battle one that you'll face that God says, no, that's too small for me to take care of. Mm -hmm. He wants to help you. Yes. He wants to, he wants to be there for you. So will you trust him to take away that fear? Receive him into the boat so he'll help you through that storm. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray that there's one here today that might be going through a storm. Oh, help us, Lord. That you help them. Help us, Lord. To remove the fear. Receive Christ into the boat. To help, Lord. So that he will help us to remove the storm. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me ask a couple simple questions this morning. No one looking around. You say, Brother Trenton, I'm here this morning.